If you or anyone else you know is in the market to buy or sell a home, make sure you visit ccrealty.org today. We are the only real estate brokerage that donates 50% of its commissions to nonprofits dedicated to fighting climate change, and we operate in all 50 states. Enjoy the podcast. Catherine, really nice to meet you. Thanks so much for taking some time to come on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Hello. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Happy to have you. Hello to you. Hello to audience. Hello to everyone who's interested in making the world a better place. And you know, we always like to get this show started with some background on who you are and how you got to be doing what you're doing at the current moment. Well, hi, I'm Catherine. I'm coming in from Toronto, Canada. So from the north, uh, I am an environmental engineering graduate currently working in the sustainability field. Specifically, I'm working for a startup called Standard Carbon, um, who is dabbling, not dabbling, drenching themselves in the environmental world, specifically uh, greenhouse gas emission inventory quantification and verification validation of um, greenhouse gas claims and statements. So that's who I am. I love animals. I volunteer at a... um, I volunteer at a, a rescue farm. I am Polish, and uh, I've always loved the environment. I've always wanted to take care of the environment. So now, now that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and you're killing it. So I wanna. Yeah, I found that very interesting about your background, how you've kind of always been an environmentalist, and I'd love to hear kind of more about. I suppose why do you think that is, and what kind of draws you to have that like connection with the uh, natural world? Um, growing up, my parents always. Every vacation that we took was always like camping. I used to hate it. I'll be honest. I used to camping, uh, skiing, <laughs> uh, always involved around nature. And and then slowly as I started to grow up, it, it clicked. And there was one time where um, I was actually, I was a tchotchke kid. So my parents left uh, to go somewhere and I was at home watching some CTV or that's like a Canadian uh, news, news reporting uh page and i was watching it and there was a show about how on the west coast there's a type of beetle that was invasive species actually coming in and killing off a bunch of the west coast trees and they were showing like a a a map of the trees basically being killed off and receding and i just got so upset i was i think i was like 12 and i my parents came home they're like what's wrong and i was like the trees like climate change because every year it's getting warmer the bugs aren't dying and they're eating all the and then ever since then i've just i've been encircling myself in this world and fueling ironically use of words but fueling my um passion for taking care of our planet and making sure that that the next generations have something not just yeah not just um soil soil or, or dirt really yeah the soil is a lot yeah good point yeah yeah we've got a really interesting soil episode right after this but that, that i mean that was a very specific uh story i, I like that mm-hmm. it's just in, in, ingrained in you a care i don't know i wasn't that connected to the trees when i was i went to summer camp for 10 years and the uh the hiking guy like the guy who was like in charge of the hiking trips would always be like if you like I would walk by the trees and I would like pull the little pine needles off and he'd be like don't do that like imagine if I'm just gonna come over and like rip your finger off and I was like oh that's not the same thing but um it, it is interesting there's like more uh, data coming out that trees actually like can feel the presence of people around them and stuff and electromagnetic different things yeah well we'll go we'll go 
deep on a, a nature podcast. We're going to talk about carbon today, but uh, th- thanks for your background. I appreciate it. I think it's awesome. Um, do you want to tell me about the uh, North Forge Founders Program and how, kind of how you were involved with that? Uh, so Standard Carbon, uh, basically it's a program that uh, helps boost and grow local businesses or Canadian, not just Canadian, but startup businesses. Um, I wasn't too involved in that, but um, it's basically a way to help create a collaboration between startup businesses and help businesses just like give them another leg up to, to communicate to the world what, what they're doing. And, and yes. <laughs> was is that like the origin story? Is it kind of like an accelerator for like companies that are focusing on specific things? Yeah, it, it sort of works like an accelerator. Um, it gives other, it gives companies either a platform or different resources that they could use to help either catalog, like they're, they help, become they're trying to become like a catalyst for these sort of businesses to help them become more successful or go in the direction that they're trying to go into gotcha so so when and how did you get involved with uh standard carbon then so i actually i've been october 2021 is when i started my position at standard carbon so i'm still a little bit new but i think i'm i'm finally i hope i'm finally getting the hang of things um yeah before that I was working in the corporate world I was working a little bit in the municipal governance world and I just uh I realized that working in the corporate world I wasn't really satisfied I didn't really feel that individuals cared about what I was doing I was an environmental specialist and so what I was trying to relay it wasn't it was kind of just bouncing back and people were just doing what they had to do because customers were saying it not necessarily it was the right thing to do and then I was um interviewed by uh, Justin and Alex, which are the the CEOs, and um, I just saw their passion and I saw what they were trying to do matched exactly what was happening on my my inside. So, um, yeah, it was kind of like the perfect opportunity, and I, I caught it, and and I've been hanging out with Standard Carbon ever since. Yeah, and 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 a long ways to go, I'm sure. So, when you say environmental specialist, is that like? who you are was that actually like a role that you were work like working at as large company that was my role so i was everything from like environmental compliance all the way to greenhouse gas reporting so that's how i started to get more involved into that world um all the way over from uh, also expanding into esg which i'm not sure if you're familiar with like environmental social governance environmental or corporate yeah. social responsibility which we've been hearing a lot in the business world but um yeah, I just I wore so many different hats in that position, and um, it it was really pro- really I grew a lot and I, my skills expanded a lot, and it made me realize I really like the carbon world. So um, then this position came up, and I was like, perfect. Let me take my degree and let me take my knowledge of the carbon industry and, and utilize it. Yeah, well, joining a startup, I don't think you're going to be wearing any less hats. No. I, I would suspect. Um. Right. So, so why don't you tell me what is Standard Carbon and why does the company exist? So Standard Carbon obviously is a startup. Um, they were created on the preface of recognizing that there is a lot of greenwashing There is a, that happens in our industry. And greenwashing, if, if you're not aware, is basically people, companies, corporations claiming A, but on the subsurface not actually doing that. 
or making something sound like a, it's a lot more significant than it is. So it could be like anything from like a piece of product saying, buy us, we are low waste, we're made out of paper, and then you peel off the paper underneath, it's still plastic. So that's like a form of greenwashing. And basically Standard Carbon recognized that there's a lot of claims that are being put out there that nobody's actually checking them. Nobody's a company saying, hey, we're going zero carbon, net zero by 2050. And we reduced our carbon footprint so far by X, Y, Z. And nobody's actually coming in saying, yeah, this is correct. We we've looked at your work. We've audited your work and um, we, we could stamp off on this. So um, standard carbon came in and, and now we're an accredited verification validation body. So we're able to go in and, and verify or validate that information that a company is claiming or stating as well as we also look into and help companies quantify their actual greenhouse gas emissions um, to basically start their carbon reduction journey. Gotcha. Which we, uh, we need all the companies to, to at least start the journey, yeah. if not uh, kind of accelerate it at this point. Well, thank you for that. I, I don't know if this directly relates to the topic of greenwashing, but I, I'm not sure if you're aware. I just, when you were talking about that, I was thinking of how you're talking about the companies. Yeah, it is relating to greenwashing, but it's not exactly the same thing. There, Are you familiar? I'm not sure how it is in Canada, but the recycling symbol in the US, is it the same thing in Canada? Is it the three arrows? Mm-hmm. With the numbers inside? Yeah, so... No, 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 no. So here's the thing oh, okay. that there's these there's these these three arrows for the recycling symbol. It's green and they're big fat arrows. But there are also these sorting codes for different types of plastic that that, that these companies created, and they made it three skinny arrows with numbers. So when you look at a, a plastic bottle, you think, oh, you just put it in the recycling. But no, it's it's not a recycling. It's a sorting code, and they totally like there's stuff like this all the time. That's what I think of when I think of like greenwashing. Um, and companies like you, I don't know if you can put a stop to it, but you can definitely give power to the people who are doing the right thing and kind of get the word on, on that. So and I just want, I just want to throw that in multiple yeah. times in the podcast. Cause you look at your plastic bottles and I've, I mean, for years you think it's, it's getting recycled, but really it's, it's just, it's not. So it's, it's problematic. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think I used to be like, it's the user, it's the user. No, we need to switch it over to the producer because we're we as a user as as a society are trying our best and and most of us unless you're actually interested and knowledgeable of the recycling world you don't know half this stuff it's like if you put your peanut glass peanut butter jar in the recycling if it's still full of peanut butter it's not going to get recycled i know that but most people Mm -hmm. don't know that because the the recycling industry is just so specific and 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 so so changing every or it's changing every literally every week. Right. Oh my God. I went to this bulk food store last year and they have this piece of paper up on the wall. And I don't remember what the number was, but it was like some ridiculous, like 60 million jars of peanut butter are consumed in the U S just the U S like each year. Like you can imagine how much plastic that is crazy. Anyways. All right. Standard carbon. I do want to ask about the, um, Standards Council of Canada's ISO 14065 2020 standard. What like what is that and how did Standard Carbon earn that that accreditation? Accreditation. So that was very interesting to me. Accreditation. Yes. Um so Standard Council of Canada is almost like of the equivalent of I'm not sure if you heard of um AICPA. 
Mm-mm. No. Okay. It's um, basically it's it's a national accreditation body that takes different um, systems, whether that's like greenhouse gas verification validation systems or uh, quality systems, and comes in and checks and confirms that the individual or the or the the body is is competent enough to be claiming. And doing what they're doing, if that makes sense. So it does. we we came in, um, we were audited by the Standard Council. First, there was an initial, um, there's like a whole process, but there's like an initial documentation assessment. And then we came in and we were audited by the Standard Council of Canada. We were interviewed. Um, we went through a whole uh, week's process worth of just um, checking our procedures, our documents, who I am, why I'm, why I'm, uh, why I'm competent, who who else is involved in the team and who else would be a part of the greenhouse gas verification validation process at Standard Carbon. And they said, yep, you guys are enough. And uh, they gave us the okay a couple of weeks ago. And now we're officially an accredited, uh, I, I mean, we use the term VVB, which is a verification validation body. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's recognized internationally as well. Okay, internationally. So that's like a government council of Canada. And where do they get their standards from? Um, Like science people? I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, Yeah. That that I would have to (laughs) honestly go check on their website because I'm actually not too familiar. I just, I'm, I recognize their name from like years and years of working in the ISO ISO world, which is the international standards world. but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's an emerging space and I do worry about taking it too far and kind of giving everyone like a carbon score at some point. If they score too high, then they kind of get penalized like a social credit score. So that's something I'm really opposed to, but at the same time, I'm also like, let's get, let's, you know, we need to draw down CO2 like big time. So I just want to kind of be aware of who's coming at what angle. Like when you learn that, um, Exxon Mobil coined the term like carbon footprint. It's just like you want to kind of trying to be as educated as you can, which is why I like talking to people like you who are actually in the trenches doing the work. Do you want to kind of walk me through how like a greenhouse gas audits like currently works and how what your company kind of does? For sure. I do just want to do a quick, there's so many acronyms in this industry. I said AACPA, I'm wrong. It is ANAB, A-N-A-B. So that's the American accreditation body um, that's equivalent to the SCC accreditation body i don't want to yeah <laughs> there's so many different acronyms yeah. but um yes so um when you're talking about greenhouse gas audit are you talking about like a verification validation audit or are you talking about like a greenhouse gas emissions audit i would let's let's talk about emissions sure i'm curious how that yeah, yeah so you mentioned the term earlier um carbon footprint which i i'm a technical person so i it basically a carbon footprint is is a greenhouse gas inventory um, calculation, um, and it quantifies a person's, a company's, a product's, a corporation's um, impact on the environment, all the way from where there's uh, where are if it's a corporation, for example, where are there products coming from where there's uh, supplies coming from how are they being sourced how are they being mined if they're mined what co- like what country is it coming from how is it being tra- everything all the way over to once their product is being sold how is it being disposed of how is it um what is what is crate crate to cradle wait a minute 
I think that's it. Or cradle. No, I um, forget the term, but I feel like the, cra- I feel like cradles usually come first. Oh, just generally cradle to grave. Life. There you go. Cradle to grave. That's what it is. Cra- there you go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a greenhouse gas inventory basically is we come in it, from, from a standard carbon's perspective, if we were to perform a greenhouse gas inventory audit on a corporation or on a company, we come in and uh, we try to understand a company's scope. We see, hey, what what are you guys doing? What is your industry? Um, who who are your customers? What's um, what's the end goal of this? Do you guys want to reduce your carbon footprint? And then um, we start gathering information. Everything, like I said, mentioned that I mentioned earlier, starting from even um, starting from. Who, uh, where's your electricity coming from? Um, are you, are there any, are you burning any, uh, fossil fuels? How much are you burning all the way over to, um, who is, where's your product going? If it's a product or what are your services doing? And that, um, a lot of the times in this industry, in the greenhouse gas world, you hear the term scope one, scope two, scope three, which is how each type of emission is categorized. Scope one is direct emissions caused by your company. So that could be anything from you burning natural gas all the way over to um, you owning a car and you burning that um, gasoline in that car. Scope two is mm-hmm. indirect through electricity. So it would be how are you, how are, how is energy coming into your facility or how are you, if it's an office, how is that office being um, where's that electricity coming from the office? Power. And then the third one is indirect and that would be anything from you hire companies or you hire freights to come pick up your product and disperse it. And we basically take all that information and quantify it and turn it into a CO2 equivalent, which is a type of unit used to, yep. to have one form of, um, to have one unit so that it could be more easily digestible and actually summarized into one number. And once all that information is gathered and converted, um, we pull out this report and we say, here, this is what your greenhouse gas emissions are. And based on whatever the company's um, goals are, we either suggest recommendations on ways they could reduce it, or um, they just take it internally and, and try to review and see, is there ways for them to reduce it? Gotcha. It's a, it's a whole process yeah. to basically get one number. I could t- that says I could tell this is this is CO two equivalent or um yeah so yeah CO two e is sometimes how you see it but when when, when people are saying carbon neutral that's you need to get that number in order to claim that carbon neutrality for example so yeah and you just explained this whole entire complex process which is extremely necessary and even that is not kind of fully comprehensive you can't convert how much water you're using how much you're paying your employees, whatever, into just like a carbon score. But this is kind of the, the most essential piece we've whittled down the whole environmental issue to. Of course, there's, there's more to it. But for getting people to understand in CO2 equivalents, that makes sense. So are there there two services that your company's providing being, I, I suppose the word audit would mean something like when you get your taxes audited, you've already done your taxes. So are you are you verifying claims that other other boards or companies have made or, or or entities like yourself have made and then also doing the 
what what is it what was what was the process you just described called uh, the one i just described compiled? would have been yes a, the one you just described it would have been a greenhouse gas inventory i say audit but that's what most individuals are familiar with it'd be more of like a quantification um of quantification. like of your greenhouse gas inventory or your greenhouse gas emissions um versus whereas you guys yeah go ahead yeah so versus the second part of what we're offering is being a verification validation service. And it is mm-hmm. similar to the financial world where, um, so a validation is us coming in and reviewing a claim that you're saying has, that hasn't actually taken place yet. So you're saying we plan on reducing our carbon footprint by blah, 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 blah. And this is how we're going to do it. And there is an actual data for us to check. So that's why it's a validation. It's not as credible as a verification, which is, we come in, we review all your historical information in the last XYZ years, and we say, yes, they have reduced their carbon footprint by 20%, which is what they claimed. We don't actually quantify it. We just say the statement that you're making about how much you've reduced is correct, but a verification has already taken place. Hopefully that answers. It does. Yeah. And what, and is this is just a, not an international, this is just Canada based, right? Your company? Our, our company, we are based out of Canada, but we are starting to work on several international uh, projects. Okay. Um, we, SCC, the SCC is accepted under a voluntary carbon standard um, known as VERA, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, or uh, gold standard is also similar. So they're basically a voluntary carbon market where you could come in and sell carbon credits basically. And so um, a lot of companies are coming to us, international companies and saying, Hey, we have this amazing project. We want to get our information validated and verified so we could sell these carbon credits to fund this project that is either reducing their carbon emissions by whatever amount. Gotcha. Do you have like a little notebook with like a bunch of different acronyms? acronyms? You just have to know like all the different government bodies. No, I should though. I should. I just, <laughs> it gets, well, even, even just today, as you saw, I forgot all the different, um, all the different acronyms. I, I should, I used to do that when I started working in the compliance world, because just like the federal government here in Canada has like a thousand different ones. And then there's a provincial and there's, and then it, I was just getting overwhelmed. And then I was in the automotive industry. So it was times a thousand other wow. items that I did not know. Yeah, so I found like I'll be reading something and then someone will use like an acronym an acronym or something and it really frustrates me cuz I'm like I want to understand what I'm reading. So now for now when I write, I just write everything out now cuz I just assume people aren't going to know things. Yeah. Um anyways, so wh- who is when these companies are getting audited or doing verifications, who is paying for them? It would be the company themselves. So, um Sometimes, like I said, it can be voluntary. There are grants, depending on where you're located, where um, your the governing body in your area could help you. Um, but for the most part, it's it's the the companies themselves. Okay, and then the reason I was asking about the international thing is I was wondering because I'm thinking about the U.S. We I, do you have a price on carbon in in Canada? Oh, that one I'm not too sure. I you have uh, a tax a tax on carbon. Oh yeah, yeah, thing? we do have a carbon tax. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a tricky, touchy subject that um that that people get angry about. So we do we do have. But it is in, it is in place, right? Yeah, for things like uh like uh, gasoline or, um, 
I think the the first thing that comes off the top of my head is there is a carbon tax on gasoline. People do people get angry because they have to pay, or people get angry because of what I alluded to before about having like a governing body tracking like your score. You know what I'm saying about how if everyone had like a carbon score, how that would be like problematic because it's like a social credit score. No, I don't. I don't think it's the latter. I don't think we've we've reached that pay. far. People don't want to pay for stuff. Yeah, it's it, they're like it's another tax, and I don't think uh, we do get a rebate at the end of the year, but I don't think people realize that. Um, it's to incentivize you not using things that can be harmful, um, which I, I understand, but I also understand why people would get upset, especially with gas prices recently. Um, it's just another right. thing uh, on top of um, everything else that people have to pay for. So I, I think it's, it's just a matter of here's another line item in my weekly expenses. Totally. So I live in Boulder, Colorado, and people call it the Republic of... It's just a city of 100,000 people in this, a large state of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And people call it the Republic of Boulder because we have all these different like weird laws. Like We, we charge 10 cents for um, for grocery bags, Same. which I think is a great law. And I, I, was, I remember I was in the UK and someone... Um, told me that they instituted this law and then people started bringing back like 80% of people like started bringing bags. Like it totally changed everything. But the um, I was thinking about how there's a, a sugary drink tax again to incentivize people to have good behavior. Yeah. You're like, that's weird. And then I was talking to some guy when I like knocked on his door and he's like, yeah, I never go to Boulder. I don't want to pay you like $50 for an iced tea. So, so people definitely do get pissed off about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyways, a l- long way to kind of get to, I'm wondering like, what incentive do you think these companies, I'm thinking of the US because we don't have a, ta- a tax on carbon. What incentive would they have to want to track their carbon footprint? Um, off, yeah, I'd love to hear your answer to that. I ask that question a lot. So why would, basically you're asking, why would people be okay with a carbon tax or? or... N- sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm going all over the place That's today. Okay, me too. I, I'm like, <laughs> why would the company want to pay, to pay your or your company to audit them and figure out their carbon footprint? Like what's their actual incentive for doing that? Um, there could be several different incentives, but some of the most, um, most popular ones I want to say are uh, bragging rights. Um, just being like, Hey, look, we're, we're, we're doing our part. We're trying to, make a change we're trying to make a make an impact so look at us buy our stuff we're actually we care um which you which is what we're seeing is these companies reaching out out to us to care um another incentive could be like i said the voluntary carbon market so companies um are coming to us and saying hey we've actually we have this cool really cool solar energy project and because of that we want to be able to to sell these carbon credits um so there's a financial incentive um i also see at least in in the canadian uh federal world um after uh in the last couple of years there's been talk about um putting more pressure onto businesses and for putting more environmental pressure onto businesses so businesses will start to have to disclose their carbon, um, sorry, disclose their greenhouse gas emissions. And um, they'll be likely putting a cap on what a certain industry, depending on the complexity, will be able to hit, if that makes sense. So Mm. um, 
once the government starts doing that, which I, I do see it coming because of all, not just Canadian government, but other governments internationally, um, companies will have to, first of all, quantify their carbon emissions. And second of all, if they're not able to reach those carbon emissions by carbon credits in order to reach that carbon goal. And so I'll be, we'll probably be seeing other companies um, use their environmental sustainability projects to support this. So it's just, there's so many different directions depending on whether it's federally, internationally, or just um, locally uh, companies are saying, Hey, we actually care. And a lot of small businesses are actually reaching out to us and saying, we really care and, and we want to, we want to, what are the next steps for us? Cause a lot of companies do care. They just don't know how to become more sustainable and, and reduce, reduce their impact on the environment. So um, those are the couple, two, two or three basically reasons why people would do it. The voluntary world, the, the compliance world and marketing world. That's a really comprehensive answer. I appreciate it. Are you um are you aware of any companies that have pledged to go beyond carbon neutral and actually commit to to drawing down being I would call it like a net like a net positive company that is re- by by being in existence is actually reducing emissions? Uh yeah. So I know uh, Shopify has a couple of they went beyond um, and they're not only just stating carbon neutrality they're I think I think they're a part of um, science-based target inif- initiative, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they're they're going past carbon neutrality, and they have several different projects that they're funding um, internationally. Um, can't remember exactly what those projects are. Shopify is the first one that just comes up to my mind, but I just know that. Um, I was in the automotive world and several different companies in the automotive world were trying to go not necessarily uh, above the carbon neutrality, but they were starting to fund projects that I found fascinating for an automotive industry to be a part of. So um, just seeing that change in the automotive world where 20 years ago, nobody would even think about a green roof or uh, a butterfly garden or little things like that, where I'm just like, it's, it might not be above and beyond, but like from the the mindset is starting to change from the bottom, not just from the C-suite level, but we're starting to see it. We were starting to see it in the, the regular employee world. So again, I digress, but Shopify was one of them. No, Shopify is a huge company. Now, I'm, I'm really glad I asked because believe it or not, I ask this question a lot and, I, and you're the first person to actually tell me a name of a large company that's actually interested in doing that. Um, what is the science-based target initiative? What, what is that? You mentioned that. Um, so science-based target SBTI is, uh, an acronym, another acronym, um, (laughs) where it's similar to carbon disclosure project where companies are not just coming in and saying carbon neutrality, they're, um, scientifically going in and, trying to hit certain targets um, to meet the 1.5 degrees Celsius um, goal, the, the IPCC 1.5. So um, it's, it's a little bit more strenuous. And once companies sign off on that, um, it involves a lot more work and it involves a lot more transparency from the companies um, relaying what they're actually doing environmentally. So 
it's a cool initiative, um, but it, it's where is it coming from? Oh, uh, I don't know who runs it. I I don't know if it would be the UN, but I may be wrong. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. No. No worries. I, I was just curious. I'd never heard of that. That that's that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. So gives you hope. Back to yeah. Well, hope is hope is good. This podcast gives me hope. Talking to people like you is always great. Um, back to standard carbon. H- how is your company utilizing? stuff like blockchain blockchain technology and machine learning to kind of make this process more like expedited or develop these statements more quickly because there's you, there's a whole lot of stuff to measure you know when you're talking about a large multinational corporation you know what i mean yeah so currently in the verification validation world um specifically the greenhouse gas verification validation world um it's a very uh tedious process and it's it's it takes a lot of effort um uh not just from the user's end but from the customer's end or sorry not just from the customer's end but from from the auditing end as well so um we're trying to um keep the same amount of accuracy and um transparency in the verification validation world and simplify not simplify it, but expedite it through um, machine learning as well as um, in the greenhouse gas auditing world um, which are the first part bef- um, I was mentioning yep. 30 minutes ago um, that one we're trying to not just demonstrate greenhouse gas quantification but also bring it into a world of greenhouse gas accounting, carbon accounting. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to take it and relate it to not just your carbon emissions, but where your expenses are to see and use basically AI to try to pull different um, patterns and steps in a corporation that will then tell the corporation not only carbon emissions, but how are they relating to your expenses, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, it does. Okay. So how many how many people are on your team right now? In the standard carbon? Yeah. Three. Wow. Yeah. So how are you how, where do you even begin on something like that? <laughs> um, we're starting. We're, the first steps are just creating the database to actually pull this information from. Um, the more points we have in the database, the easier it'll be for, uh, the AI to actually start pulling these patterns together. Um, but I'm not a computer science person. I did a little bit of programming, but uh, it's over my head. I could explain to you stacks and how emissions work, but this is, it's, it's really fascinating to me and I love being a part of it, but, um, the actual technical portion is a little bit over my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about, about this podcast. It's very interesting, but I don't try to understand it all. And I kind of just like, I love an episode where someone just like talks the whole time and I don't have to say anything and I can just go back and listen and actually try and figure out like, all right, what were they saying? <laughs> so is, is one of the, one of the founders like uh study AI or, or into like coding in a big way? Or is this just like a logical progression for what your like your main goal is? Yeah, it kind of just grew organically. Like we started in the VV, the verification validation body world, and then we, um, Alex, which is um, the the CEO, he started to recognize this need for 
not not just quantifying greenhouse gas emissions, but how can we bring together other other disciplines and other industries so that they could recognize the importance of greenhouse gas um, production and collaborating like um, accountants with uh, environmental engineers is sounds really funny, but it's it's we're realizing it's working which is why we're trying to bring in the carbon accounting world because it, it, it melds the two industries together and it, it's like, a, it's becoming a symbiotic re- relationship. So. No, that makes sense. And it's a very logical progression because you're dealing with for your business because you're dealing with so much data, but believe it or not, I actually feel the same way about building out my impact business or real estate business or whatever. I'm of the opinion that in 20 years, I don't think any corporations will exist without some form of artificial intelligence involved with it, if not at the base of the pyramid that is the company. So I'm already, you know, thinking 20 years, 10 years down the line that this needs to be integrated into your business model in some way, or else I don't think you're going to be relevant. Um, That's just my thoughts on business. Do you, do you think that your company can help kind of pioneer a more standardized process when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions around the globe? Because it'd be really great if everyone was measuring it in a, in the same way, I guess. Yeah. Around the globe. I, I don't know if we can have anything be standard around the globe, but still I'd love, love to hear your perspective on that. Uh, ideally. Yes. Realistically. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, it's, the, the issue right now is there's so many different avenues of information right. to pull from. So it it's a little bit overwhelming for individuals trying to navigate themselves into this world. Um, ho- hopefully, yes. Hopefully we could create something for it to be a lot simpler and a lot less confusing for individuals. But um, chat with us in 10 years. Maybe we'll be close. Maybe Don't maybe worry. we'll be closer to that. Maybe I'll be a lot more confident in that answer. Yeah, what do we got? Episode one one thirty. We'll do episode thirteen hundred for sure. <laughs> um, when I um when I think about a carbon score for a person, I get really concerned, and I think that that should that should almost never happen. But when I think of a a carbon a standard carbon score for a company. That, see, that doesn't sound that bad to me. So I don't know. I think there is there is room for, for that for that kind of stuff. Um, so obviously, startup company, three people. So what does your kind of day to day work life look like? I'm really curious. Um, as as you mentioned earlier, I still wear multiple hats, so it just depends on the day and it depends on the types of projects coming in. Um, we have some validations and verifications coming up, so I'm not sure if you've done any audits preparing for those and. Um, Getting ready for those, I'm working through a couple of um, methodologies. So methodologies basically are quantification protocols that help certain a certain sector and a certain project quantify what their actual um, greenhouse gas emissions are. Uh, so I'm working on an agricultural one right now. Um, tomorrow or tomorrow Saturday, so I'm not working, but. Um, Monday, it'll be something completely different. It'll be, uh, preparing for a greenhouse gas inventory. It, it just depends on the week. Um, that's the cool thing about this job is it's something different every day. And Mm -hmm. I like, I like it when there's so many different things going on because I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch to this. And I'm like, wow, I'm a part of this. And I, I have more things to brag about, I guess. 
but um sure yeah i do work from home so i get to hang out my dog gets to hang out with me so that's nice but um there's a couple in a couple of weeks i may be doing site visits out in manitoba which is uh in the middle of canada um and there's projects that i'm hope we're hoping to do yeah it just it just depends it's it's never a dull moment it's kind of like consulting world sometimes you'll be in the office staring at a monitor for a week and then sometimes you'll be in the field staring at a project that um you were looking on reading about for a week before so yeah it just depends right (laughs) So it's interesting that you started off in the corporate world, which which kind of makes sense, which has a lot more like safety and security and probably a lot more of that like monotony as well. Um, how difficult was it for you to like find something that you were really passionate about or that was at least a little more, perhaps more exciting? And then what were you con- kind of concerned at all that you would be kind of entering like an unknown, like a blue ocean, like an unknown thing? Whereas like if you if you work in a big company, it's kind of like a simple pecking order. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there is a little bit of... Um, there's a lot more structure in the corporate world and, and people like the corporate world because it's comfortable and it provides some, some benefits. But um, I just found that there was a huge disconnect because it was a larger company. Um, they were great and I did love my team, but I, f- I felt like I couldn't just go and talk to C-suite and say, Hey, this is the direction we should head into. Um or let's let's talk about this or let's expand our team and um versus in I really like working for a startup because I find that my my opinions are valuable and um and that I'm appreciated and that um I'm a valuable member of the team so uh I think it just it there was a little bit of uncertainty as there always is switching jobs, going into a slightly different industry or going in, especially I, this is my first time in a startup. So there was that uncertainty, but um, I think the thing that made it a lot easier is um, just seeing that I could work for a team that, that cares about not just what I do, but what the company's doing as a whole. So totally. Well, in a in a small startup, it sounds like you guys. When did you, when did your company get started? You say I think when 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 I started in October, but I'm pretty sure it was September. Maybe yeah, September is when they officially. So we're we're still fresh. We our sister company um, is called Carbon Block Inc. So they've been around a little bit longer, um, mm-hmm. but they're separate from us. Um, so. It, it kind of carbon block saw the need for verification validation. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, they created standard carbon as a support for that direction. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you're even younger than, than my company then. I, so my, my company was 2020. So I was going to say, you're not like just a member of the team. Like you are the company, like you don't work, like nothing happens. You know what I mean? It's not like there's like three different branches with like a bunch of employees. If one person doesn't show up for the day, someone covers up, like, it's like, no, like you are the company. And that's like the same thing with me. Like I'm, I'm a one man show still. So, um, cool. Well, really, really cool to hear your perspective. And I appreciate the work that you're doing. It's essential. It's not necessarily the most invigorating stuff, but it's really, really essential for us to understand this key information so that people know what the right choices to are to make are 
Um, I just hope that they're, they're willing, willing to do that. And that's why I always like to talk about net positive companies. Cause I, we're really at that point where you can't, we can't just keep talking about carbon neutral, but that's again, my opinion, Catherine, thank you for the time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for what you're doing. Do you have any final pieces of advice for other young folks who are passionate about building a better world? Um, don't get discouraged. Uh, there's a lot of negative, uh, media out there about the environmental world, but being a part of this industry can be sometimes negative, but overall it's net positive and, um, just continue doing what you're doing. And, and I don't know, just thanks for being a part of the environmental world and and making the place, making our home, the earth, a better place. Ironically, today is actually earth day. So it is. I just realized that we're film we're filming on Earth Day, so happy Earth Day! And I say every day is Earth Day, but go outside, maybe pick up some litter, um, bike somewhere if you can, and uh, don't forget that we have one planet to take care of. Agreed. I'm the same way. Every day Earth Day. Every day's Christmas for me. <laughs> I, I enjoy it a lot. Catherine, thanks for the time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Ethan. It was great talking to you. You got it. All right, everybody. See you on the next one. So if you or anyone else you know is looking to buy or sell a home anywhere in the USA and would like to create thousands of dollars in donations without any cost out of pocket, please visit ccrealty.org today.